The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 hey, hi, hello, and welcome to NBA Today, a hoop ball presentation. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. Today is Friday, March 6th. I am recording this on the night of March 5th. That is a Thursday. And you know what? I had a nice plan to break down my first uh, regular season autopsy with just a light recap of the Rockets versus Clippers, thinking that was a clash of the Titans, as I talked about last night. However, what we ended up being witness to was just a beatdown brutally of epic proportions. So I will attempt to break that down, look at it from the Rockets' point of view, look at it from the Clippers' side, kind of see what there are to take away because, boy, it was ugly and not even close. Um, Also got some news to get to, which we're going to jump first to very quickly. And then just a little thought on Steph Curry uh, coming back and playing with the Clippers. They're actually still playing at this time in the fourth quarter of the time I record this against the Raptors. Really close game. And the Warriors, man, they have a bright future to look forward to. But before I start going into any of that, yep, it is that time. I do have to let you know about mybookie.ag. If you're a wager guy, wager girl, wager person, wagering good folk, as I like to say, remember when you wager to use mybookie.ag. They are a proud partner of all hoopball podcasts, including this one. So make sure you use promo code TODAY when signing up to get a 50% deposit match. That is TODAY, as in NBA TODAY, Fantasy NBA TODAY, DFS TODAY, any of our podcasts on hoopball. And we have a plethora of good ones. So make sure to use promo code TODAY to get 50% um, of a deposit match on your wagers. MyBookie.ag, bet, win, get paid. So we got to start with our fresh, fresh news first and foremost. And it's really a, a, a segment of my team. Remember, I talked about this earlier this week. My team is a segment where I talk about my Lakers. Lake show all day, every day. And they made a move yesterday or right now as I'm recording this by signing Dion Waiters. Yep. Five years ago, LeBron James and Dion Waiters played together on the 2015 Cleveland Cavs. Only lasted 33 games as Waiters really didn't have the best of times kind of finding his role as a supporting player alongside LeBron. Understand the pecking order was hard for him. So he was kind of just shipped off to OKC uh, as part of an overhaul that really got Cleveland to the first of a few NBA Finals with LeBron in that second run. Well, guess what? It's been five years and they are going to try it again. The partnership between LeBron and Dion are back. According to Sham Sharani of The Athletic, the Lakers will sign Dion Waiters for the rest of the season. They opened up that roster spot after they waived Troy Daniels on Sunday, who ended up getting picked up by the Denver Nuggets. So, corner Sharania, the Lakers made known to Waiters and, of course, his agent, Rich Paul, also agent of LeBron, that things must work out for the veteran guard because the team does reserve the option to release him. This is very similar to what happened with Dwight Howard. From the Lakers' perspective, it worked out swimmingly for them with Dwight Howard in the way that he's been rejuvenated and his production just coming straight back as well as being a great team player under this same set of guidelines. So, I'm sure the hope is that Deion Waiters will do the same for the Lakers. And to be honest, this might be Waiters' last chance. And I hate saying that about players when we really have no context to say it. Oh, who knows what team next year would be in a situation to sign Deion Waiters if things were to, you know, let's say conceivably go wrong, right? But he's barely played this season. He had a bunch of incidents early in the season when the Miami Heat was fined several times. Uh, definitely had an incident involving some gummies <laughs> that, um, 
gave him a minor freak out, had him suspended then. Then he got traded to Memphis, waived from them, and he's been a free agent up until this point. But the good news is that when he was on the floor, he's been okay. He hasn't been super bad. Uh, he scored 14 points and nearly leading the Heat to a comeback win over the Los Angeles Clippers in his first game of the season. And that kind of scoring, that type of pop off the bench, is exactly what the Lakers are hoping for. Because right now, when LeBron sits out, the offense grinds to a halt. The Lakers' offense drops from 114.1 offensive rating down to 105. Now, the hope is that Waiters, who was kind of instant offense at several points in his career, can kind of help that. He's an offensive creator. He can play some of the point as a scoring kind of guard, initiate some offense, create for himself, definitely change the rotation for the Lakers, hopefully knock down some of Rondo's minutes. But ideally, you know, he also takes some of Caruso's. You need Caruso on the court just for his defensive awareness, his basketball IQ, but he hasn't been the best offensive player. And just in general, the Lakers bench has been bereft of shooting, you know, once LeBron leaves. The floor shrinks just dramatically it is so much harder for Anthony Davis to go to work and the offense becomes very predictable one-sided and very slow so having someone who can create a shot of nothing averaging nine points on the year shooting 47 percent from three making two and a half a game that's okay for the Lakers that's the best they can hope for I am interested to see what that means for the rotation because now you already have let's just assume Dudley and uh Quinn Cook are on the fringe of the rotation they're not even in the rotation you still have LeBron, you still have AD, Avery Bradley, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo, does he get moved? That's a good question. Markeith Morris is there. Kyle Kuzma, of course. Dwight Howard. That's 10 right there. So you need this guy in Deion Waiters. Like, he's definitely being brought in for a reason. But whose minutes are we, is he cutting out? And does that mean that Coach Vogel is going to expand that rotation a little bit and then tighten the playoffs. Has he even made up his mind on who's being played? Because Laker fans have already been worried about the amount of time that Rondo's been in the game and the impact that he's had or the negative impact that he's had just on the offense. You know, just in general. It's it's sadly been a little destructive, even being as great a player as I think that Rondo is and historically has been. He's not exactly the best fit for this team, no matter how respected he is by LeBron, by AD, and by the coaching staff. So, you kind of need waiters here, and I'm sure the Lakers have figured that out or realized that. Also, I think it means that, you know, maybe we're looking at J.R. Smith on the cusp of the NBA now. Because he also tried out for the Lakers just before, just after Dion. But we have Dion now, and they don't have J.R. Smith. So, maybe the workout wasn't as impressive. You know, we don't know. But it's going to be interesting to see how Waiters fits in. He definitely brings bench scoring. He definitely brings a little bit of playmaking. Great shot creation. Another shooter that's desperately needed. I really wish Lakers had looked to a wing to really defend the Kawhis and the Paul Georges, the ones that they will conceivably be playing very soon in the playoffs and will actually be playing as soon as Sunday coming up. So that's going to be a game to watch and really a good barometer of where the Lakers are after losing two games to the Clippers earlier this season. But I digress. I'm getting ahead of myself. I just want to evaluate that move. I like it from an offense perspective. I do think that you need another player like that that can open the floor alongside LeBron and create offense when he's not there. Those are my whole points. It remains to be seen the positive impact that he will bring. That's not conjecture. And you know, we'll have to wait too long for that. Lakers play the Bucks actually tonight by the time you're hearing this, and then they will be playing the Clippers on Sunday. I doubt Waiters will play tomorrow, I, or tonight, I guess is a possibility, but I am definitely pretty sure he's going to play on the weekend, and that'll be a good test because you are playing the Clippers, who are deep and loaded. Speaking of the Clippers, Clippers and Rockets had a showdown. I was 
very, very excited. If you listened to my podcast yesterday, you definitely heard how hyped I was about the Rockets' small ball lineup against the Clippers and this deep, versatile team that they have, how they would match up, who would guard Kawhi, could the Clippers limit Russell Westbrook and James Harden, and the space the floor um, attack that they have in transition and just slicing and dicing up the defense. Would Robert Covington make a difference on the defensive end for the Rockets against the Kawhi? And bottom line, Clippers just routed the Rockets. Final score is 120-105. It really wasn't even that close. I wish I could say it was, but it wasn't. Uh, I want to say the Rockets were mostly done in by their shooting. They shot horribly from three, and that is not an exaggeration. It wasn't even close. I'm about to read this to you right now. The Rockets shot 42 three-pointers. They made seven of them. That comes up to 16.7%. Yes, 1-6, 16. Horrible. At one point, they missed, what, 20 straight threes? It was ridiculous. Just going to run out of the box for everyone who took a three for the Houston Rockets so you can kind of get a picture of this in your head. Daniel House, 1 for 5. Robert Covington, 0 for 3. P.J. Tucker, 1 for 5. James Harden, 0 for 8. Russell Westbrook, 0 for 2. Eric Gordon, 1 for 6. Ben McLemore, 0 for 3. Oh, here we go. Jeff Green, positive. 3 for 6. Austin Rivers, 1 for 2. Damari Carroll, 0 for 2. Every player who got on the floor for the Houston Rockets, with the exception of Bruno Caboclo, Bruno Caboclo, who only played 3 minutes, attempted a 3. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 players who combined for 7 threes. That will not win you many games, ladies and gentlemen. It will not do that. Especially against a dominant Clippers team who just looked amazing. Just from the start, Clippers took advantage, took control, and and ran off with it. It was ridiculous. Clippers had a 67-44 lead by halftime. And this was the first half where the Rockets shot 22 three-pointers and only made two of them. All right, that's, that's one problem. It, it, it was rough watching it. Clippers were going up and down in transition. They were able to play everyone on the floor. Nobody got run off the floor. Avicii Zubac not only did not get played off the floor, but played well and flourished for the Clippers. He had 16 points, 6 of 6 from the field, 5 of 6 from the free throw line, and 12 rebounds, a plus 23 in 20 minutes. Plus 23 in 20 minutes. That is beyond impactful. That is a nightmare. Per the Clippers, Avicii Zubac is the only player, first player in franchise history, to have at least 17 points and 12 rebounds in under 21 minutes played. And that kind of feels like an arbitrary stat to me, but that's a lot of damage in a little bit of time. And the hope was that the Clippers would be able to space the floor, get Zubac in foul trouble, force him off, make the Clippers play maybe a Patrick Patterson or a Jermichael Green more than they would like. That did not happen. Montrez Harrell laid waste the Rockets front court, the Rockets back court, the Rockets as a team. He had 19 points and 10 rebounds, a plus three in 22 minutes. Uh, it was a pedestrian game for Paul George and one for Lou Williams. Paul George played 29 minutes, went 13 points on five of 13 shooting, missed every one of his five threes, had nine rebounds, seven assists though. And then Lou Williams, another guy you thought would be doing damage for the Clippers, five points on one of five shooting. Missed both his threes, had three rebounds, two assists. You felt okay, you keep those guys in check. All right, that's not bad. 
Well, Kawhi Leonard went for 25, 6 and 5 in 28 minutes. There was no good matchup for him. He was shaking PJ Tucker. He was getting down on Robert Covington. He was getting his shots on whoever was sticking him. Marcus Morris was pretty good. 11 points. Didn't have the best shooting percentage, but to have him as your third wing, that's devastating for a team. You forget. Yeah, the Knicks sucked this year. Marcus Morris was the main man on that team, and he was not a scrub. Played very well. For the season, 10 points, 3 rebounds, and, and just assists and a half. But he was a high-volume guy, and he was that's why the Clippers got him. So you have that guy who was kind of your primary point getter for the Knicks. Not coming off the bench, but being that third guy here for the Clippers on a deep team. I mean, just running through this. Already mentioned Paul George, Pat Bev. Solid Pat Bev game, I guess, plus 28. Only 5 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Uh, a mean flagrant on James Harden that I think was really just sent a message. It wasn't super mean. It was just basically him trying to say to the Rockets that they were going to get nothing easy. And no, easy was something that was not there for the Rockets. James Harden in particular had a horrific night. 16 points on 4-17 shooting. Missed every one of his 8 threes, as I mentioned before. 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, the way the defense was for the Clippers was really good in trapping Harden and making him either give up the ball or get forced into a tough shot because they had Kawhi cheat off his man in the corner. That helped to limit penetration. You had Beverly kind of playing as a free agent, not free agent, but a free uh, a free safety, basically allowing Westbrook to get a three-pointer if that's what he wanted. And he, You know, that's not his game right now. I mean, it's not his game in general. But since he's had this mindset of attacking the rim and penetrating and finishing around the basket, he's basically four gate four just let go of the three-pointer. That's just not his thing. So you know that Westbrook's not going to shoot it. So that means you got another guy creeping in. You have another guy who's willing to concede an open three or a semi-open three and bet that the defense for the Clippers can get back out to the man. So they're there. So you really have three players. The guy sticking Harden, the one to the left, the one to the right, that are kind of closing in in sort of a triangle kind of defense. And you have Paul George with eyes on him and Pat Bev with eyes on him. So it was really this defense that catered to like forcing a ball out of Harden's hands or forcing him to take a rough shot if he were to penetrate it. And all night, he just could not get a rhythm. Uh, Literally, at one point in the game, Harden and Russ combined for 30 points on 10 of 27 shooting. Everyone else, 14 points on 6 of 20 shooting. Where if you looked at the Clippers on their side, yeah, Leonard and George at one point, 21 points on 8 of 18 shooting, but their bench had 46 points on 14 and 24 shooting. This wasn't the final outcome, obviously. But this is at one point of the game that there was a no-meet of that. And that's insane. Also, another thing I noticed, I know the Rockets' style of play is to either shoot the three or get all the way to the basket. But sometimes you have to take that mid-range jack. Harden just seems to totally want to give that up. Totally want to just... He's he's worked that shot out of his diet entirely. That when he has that shot available now, it's like he doesn't even know he has it. And that's not great. If you watch any early Rockets, um, James Harden Rockets like highlights, he was getting shots from all over the floor. He was knocking down a three. He had a little bit of a step back three. He was getting to the rim. He had the mid-range game. That's a three-level score. Right now, you got one at the top, top of the key all around the arc. Yes, you got one in in middling in the lane. But especially without a lob threat, which really helped Harden to diversify the offensive game from him between his penetrating, his scoring, and his distribution as far as passing the ball. 
that's not there anymore. He's constantly being forced to create out of isolation again and again and again. And while that is hard in strength, having Capella, before that having Howard, having that vertical lob threat that can space the floor from a vertical perspective really helped James Harden. Westbrook doesn't exactly need that. It's great for him too, that gravity to open up a little bit of space. But Westbrook was playing in crowded old OKC. This is beautiful for him. And mind you, it wasn't like Westbrook had the worst game in the world. 29 points on 27 shots, 15 rebounds, 5 assists. He got to the line. He only went 7 of 11 from the free throw line. He could have went up there easily 8 or 9 times more. Easily. I was getting very frustrated seeing Westbrook attack and attack and attack the basket and not get foul calls. It was frustrating. And it's not even like Westbrook can sell some calls a little bit, but like it wasn't even a big deal as far as him flopping around. That's not really even his game. Meanwhile, Kawhi, on the other hand, kept getting those pump fake fouls. He only got he only went five and nine from the line. But even some of those fouls that he got called for that were just before the shot were ridiculous just shot bait fouls. Tic-tac fouls. Where you have Russell Westbrook getting clobbered on the other end. And they call one out of every four drives. That's a lot. That's a lot. Honestly, if this is a sign of things to come, I would be worried if I were Houston. I would be worried. They got trounced. I mean, they got trounced. Clippers didn't even do too much in the third quarter. They'd already just ran over the Rockets in the first half, but they still had a 90-65 to lead in the fourth quarter because the Rockets shot 26 shots in the third and only made six of them. They shot 12 threes in that same third quarter and only made one. That's crazy. Their three-point shooting as I already mentioned several times here, was horrifically bad. They'd only failed to make double-digit threes one other time this year, and that was when they only hit nine in a bad loss to OKC. Pretty sure that was the Russell Westbrook return game. So, that that's just... It's just rough. It was just a rough game all around. Uh, once Russell Westbrook kind of went out, and that was when they cut the lead to 20 in the fourth, the Clippers just needed two minutes to go in front by 40. Okay, not 40. 30. It was 107 to 77. And... It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. The fact the Rockets couldn't make an open shot was obviously shades of uh, the 2018 playoffs, I'm sure. And there was more than enough jokes about that on Twitter. So uh, definitely just check that out if you feel the need to relive the good old times. But, I mean, there's one thing I guess you could take away if you're the Rockets. And that's, you know what, if we make a couple more of those shots, we're in a better place. That's one thing. I mean, there were still other issues. Defensively, the Rockets were a mess. A lot of blown switches. A lot of poor rotations. The Rockets were seeking out... Um, they were seeking out Mar- Marcus Morris on defense. Pick and roll, switch, get Marcus Morris on an island. Except he was never truly on an island because the Clippers' defensive strategy was sound. And so even though Marcus Morris was sometimes isolated just on Harden, you had someone shading from the left, you had someone shading from the corner to make things difficult. On the other end... The, Rocket, the, the Clippers were attacking Ben McLemore for the Rockets, whoever they deemed the weakest defender. And because the Rockets already had blown switches all through the game, they were easily getting to the rim. I remember Kawhi, I think this was in the third quarter, had uh, dr- brought the ball up in transition, kind of came to the left, had P.J. Tucker, and I want to say Ben McLemore, pretty sure it was P.J. Tucker and Robert Covington, came back to the right, both guys were kind of shading him, and then all of a sudden was to the rim and dunking on them. Like, wow. 
it was a nightmare of one. I mean, the fact that the Rockets have no one, it seems to really stop Leonard. It's kind of crazy, especially since he's very methodical. The Rockets always switch, so he's usually going one-on-one. That's the strength of the Rockets' defense, too. You have strong one-on-one defenders, but Kawhi is the perfect blend of strength. He plays his own pace. He gets to his spots where he wants. He has just that sense of timing to throw defenders off. Just a slight shake, a subtle move as he's shuffling, you know, as he's backing down the defender. Getting to the mid-range, and when that shot is on, and it was on tonight, he had 17 points in 17 minutes at one point. That that That's hard to stop. The Rockets literally could do nothing. And I wasn't expecting that. I was not expecting that at all. It's sad. The Rockets had a chance to come and take a decisive lead over the Clippers in the season series. That is gone. They are now tied. They are now tied two to two in the season series. They could have had it and had a much needed tiebreaker over the Clippers. But um, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is that the Clippers bigs, they were big. They weren't play off the floor, and that helps when your shooters can't make a shot but that let them play to their strengths it just did James Harden even said we just didn't do what we were supposed to do on both ends of the floor they made some tough shots eh, they made shots I don't know how tough those shots were it's a lot of open shots I don't know how tough those shots were James but they did make shots oh yeah they made a lot of shots then he goes on to add defensively we weren't our spots no you weren't and we didn't do what the game plan was which we don't know the viewers because we didn't see it what we saw was a blowout it's kind of disappointing really really was hoping to see a tight game as we had seen before with the two previous matchups or three previous matchups that this team has had so you know Harden closed by saying it's a great learning experience for us on both ends of the floor. We've got 21 games left to prepare ourselves for the bigger picture, so we watch film tomorrow and get better and be ready to go for the next game. And honestly, yeah, that's really what they have to do. Between that and hopefully getting Eric Gordon healthy or figuring out what is going on with him, because he left the game in the fourth quarter with some knee soreness, and he didn't return. Now, mind you, he probably wouldn't return anyway because of blowout, and on those, you take your guys and hold them. And Eric Gordon's been riddled with injuries all season long so far. So I'm pretty sure even if he was good to go, they would have held him. You're down by 30 in the fourth quarter. Like, why? At the same time, you need Eric Gordon. That's another guy who can create offense off the bench for Houston. And mind you, you have a good team of solid wing core guys. Uh, Apparently, uh, a little bit of news here as well. Uh, Luke Mbamute had a workout with them today or last night. So that's another guy who may be in the wings and get it <laughs> in the wings. No. Okay. But you have him. You have Cullington. Damari Carroll's barely getting time. That's confusing. Jeff Green. How many of these guys are going to get playing time, you know, come the playoffs? And will any of them be effective? Because right now with Kawhi, he's too strong for some of these guys. He's too quick for others. You have a lot of guys who are capable. But do you really? And that's honestly the question. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. Clippers' next game is against the Lakers. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Rockets are at Charlotte on Saturday. I think that's going to be a a bounce-back game for the Rockets, and hopefully it better be because that was a very disappointing loss. For the Clippers, man, they are deep. mentioned that already. I just can't mention it enough. They are, uh, there's something else. There's something else.
just the fact that they really have all of these players up here that were were uh, you know stars and other teams that are coming in and playing decently well. Uh, I got a shout out to Reggie Jackson. He only had six points, two rebounds, one assist. But I love the Reggie Westbrook beef. You could tell a couple of times. I mean, early in the first half, Russell Westbrook was trying to get a bucket. You know, posting up Reggie, getting down the basket, and Reggie straight up stonewalled him. Not once, but twice. Then there was another time later in that same half, Russell Westbrook brings the ball up the court, stops, pump fakes, get Reggie in the air, ducks into him, gets the foul, release the shot, and one. And definitely had some words to say about it to, to, to Reggie Jackson. And mind you, those two went back and forth. Back to the shades of OKC. People don't forget that. There's a lot of history between those two. The fact that the game didn't get as scrappy as I thought it would is interesting because you have beef Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev Russell Westbrook and Reggie Jackson you got um, Marcus Morris who's always out there PJ Tucker is not taking no mess I mean it could have been heated it could have been something else and it wasn't and that's that's good but yeah I'm Anxious for a playoff series between those two? That would be fun to see. At the same time, if it's going to be anything like this game was, please do not give it to me because I am not a fan of blowouts, especially on teams that I really think are exciting and can play up another level. If the Rockets made their shots, I think they've been fine. They didn't. And honestly, they still don't have an answer for Kawhi, but it remains to be seen how that works out. That's why you play the games. Postseason is fast approaching. All right, so I'm going to talk about Steph Curry's return. In a minute, also look ahead to another game. But first, I do have to share a very important thing. You guys should check out HoopBall. I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you're obviously familiar with it. I would hope so. Uh, HoopBall is all you need for NBA news, team coverage, fantasy analysis. Check out their Game Time Premium Package. Produced by FSWA Writer of the Year and Brewski. You got uh, Dan Bresperus. You got Mike Passador. Their premium package gives you add and drop device. You got your pre and post game coverage. You got your rankings. Got your projections. Dynasty, daily fantasy. The playoffs are ten days away. So you know, fantasy wise, I'm speaking. So if you are into that, I mean, make sure you're getting the best information that you absolutely can. I mean, it would be foolish not to, right? I mean, I suck at fantasy. Playoffs are, are, are a dream for me right now. But just in general, if I'm trying to get better at this craft and I'm trying to improve. The experts here at HoopBall have all that you need. Easy. Also, this special just came out this year. The HoopBall newsletter, the Bruise Letter, contains exclusive email-only articles from our founder, Aaron Brewski, that you can't get anywhere else on the site. You read that right. Fancy Juggernaut himself will be writing special features that you can only get by signing up for our newsletter. It's not on the site. You won't find it in podcasts. But if you sign up, you will get it every week. And it's good. I just read the last one. I'm still reading. It was a deep 8,000-word just tome of information. Uh, I mean, you already have him talking about his kings, which I like, three things on the kings. You have him talking about fantasy perspectives on every team in the association and like a brief overview of the league as a whole. Great thoughts, great writing. Definitely make sure to check that out. Right. Steph Curry returned. Yes, he did. Tight game is wrapping up now as I'm recording. It looks like the Raptors may come off with this one. It is 117-113 with 25 seconds left in the fourth. Just going to run through some numbers here. Kyle Lowry played okay, 26 points, 5 rebounds, 10 assists. The real man of the hour. 
Norman Powell. Career high 33 points. He was sizzling. Hot. 13 to 20 from the field. 4 or 8 from 3. 3 rebounds, 2 assists. Flaming. Something else. Steph Curry, though. Chef Curry with the shot. Boy. 26 minutes at 23 points. 6 of 15 from the field. 3 of 11 from 3. Knocked down all eight of his free throws. 7 rebounds, 7 assists. And if you're a Warriors fan, you're excited to see Steph Curry. You just are. Get him a chance to get playing. He obviously he said he wants to play in the Olympics, but this gives him a chance to get some run now. Get himself finding his groove. You're not playing in the playoffs. There's no rush to play him every minutes. There's no rush to get him that sort of, um, you know, run to the ground in that way. But you give him a chance to play with some of these young guys to kind of see who he vibes with on an offensive and defensive end because for a lot of these guys, this is a trial run for the Warriors. They all know this is a reset year. You got the, one of the worst records in the NBA. You know that, okay, we're really playing for the long ball here. Let's wait till we got Draymond. Let's wait till we get uh, Clay Thompson next year. Andrew Wiggins is the piece, and he's playing pretty decently so far. So you have Wiggins, you have Steph Curry, Clay, Draymond Green. Marquise Chris has been a revelation of the center spot for the Warriors. In fact, tonight he has 17 points and 12 rebounds along with four assists. That's nice. Eric Pascal looks to be a great six man. You're forming the foundation of a contending team for next season. And you forget the lottery pick that the Warriors are most definitely going to get this year. So this is nice. And Steph Curry had some moments. Hit a clutch three with the shot clock running down. Hit another three um, and the foul. And he did a signature, you know, one, not two, not three, plus one celebration that he does with those four fingers. You know, Steph Curry. And mind you, the league is in a better place when the stars are healthy. The league is in a better place when Steph Curry is healthy. Just for what he means to the NBA. And mind you, I'm not a Curry fan, specifically. But you can't not like the dude. And you can't not like the way he plays. He's electrifying. He single-handedly made what could have been a run-of-the-mill Warriors-Raptors game with the Warriors being outmatched into something way more than it was. It was an exciting game, and, you know, you just can't wait to see more of it. Warriors play the 76ers this week. That'll be interesting. But really, you know, this is just welcome back, Steph Curry. Welcome back. And good to have him back. That's really what it's about. All right, so that'll be it for Friday's show. I have the weekends off, so I will be back here Monday. Hopefully, we talk some Lakers Clippers. Definitely excited to show some new segments I'll have coming up. We have those regular season autopsies coming. Hopefully, I'll get some special guests up here. I'm really excited about where this show can go. First week, thank you for kind of sticking it out with me here. Going through the lumps, you know, the ups and downs. Had a stomach bug yesterday, so that was interesting, but... uh doing just fine today you know it's, it's been a fun little week so just want to thank you for spending time definitely make sure to check out uh mybookie.ag definitely make sure to follow hoopball at hoopball tweets follow me at corbin nba please do because i desperately need those twitter followers it is not a drill all right check out hoopball again for all their fantasy content they have several great podcasts we got fantasy nba today got dfs today today in sports betting the great box score breakdown you have this show nba today the cousin bruce show got the nets cast the clippers cast the lakers cast the grizzlies cast the pelicans cast and the kings cast so it's all that content you nba fan check it out you really don't know what you're missing if you're in a fantasy basketball check it out you really don't know what you're missing pretty simple but uh i'll be back monday definitely get some basketball in this weekend have a great one i'll talk to you later all right y'all
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.